The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined by my co-host Brendan. And today we have Steven Scavuzzo from Cloudstay Satanic. Steve, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. I'm sorry if I didn't. You got uh, it but... better than uh, 99% of, the, of most people's. Okay, great. <laughs> um, well, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you want to maybe just tell people a little bit about yourself and about Cloudstay uh, Satanic for anyone who isn't familiar with you and your work? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, I play guitar and have been. The band started in 2013, um, and we've been putting out records ever since. Uh, there are four people in the band. Uh, myself, uh, Brian Baus, who plays guitar, Greg Acampora, who plays drums, and Rob Halstead, who's um, playing bass. Um, I don't know what... Uh, we are an instrumental doom stoner band from Brooklyn, New York, and... Uh, I guess that's really that's that's the that's the the short Wikipedia version of uh, of what we do at the moment. But our main focus is putting out albums, but we're moving in the direction of playing more live shows and touring, and so we do a little bit of everything. Nice, awesome. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to talk about the fact that you just dropped a new album. Um, if anyone hasn't heard it yet, Tales of Demonic Possession just came out recently. Um, Absolutely killer release. Uh, yeah. Brendan and I are both big fans. Thank you. Stellar work. Thank you. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, the staff member on our site who actually reviewed the album, Carlos, he uh, writes as well for a Mexican uh, stoner doom blog called Fuzzland. He asked me to oh, pass cool. along that he's a big fan and loves your work. Nice. Cool. Thank you. Of course. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the album? Um, what was sort of like the, the concepts behind this one? I, I know you guys have some some pretty deep stuff going on with your music. Well, um, first of all, it's a double album. It's uh, when I say double, I usually, you know, end up referring back to, you know, using vinyl vernacular. And there's four sides of uh, four songs, 20 minutes each, approximately 20 minutes each. Again, mm-hmm. it's all instrumental doom and stoner. Um, it's not the first one we've done. Uh, we we did a double album back in 2017 called "The Glitter of Infinite Hell," and I only I raise mm. it because it you know the 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 writing and the, uh, the 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 crafting of the songs and the recording and everything um, involved with doing a double album is uh, adds a whole nother level of um, complication, strain, uh, you know, just like a little bit of everything. Uh, and it, it's something we enjoy doing, but, uh, you know, compared to, I think most bands that will put out an album, you know, every once in a while, you know, 40 minutes worth of music. Um, this one, even though we've done it before was particularly challenging, uh, but very rewarding. It's, um, I guess, you know, all our albums, you know, formed some, in some sense out of a concept or have a concept going in uh, over the years, they've gotten a little more. Uh, complicated and a little more in depth and hopefully a little more interesting. Um, this one was, you know, I, I mean, I hate to fall back on the whole, oh, it was born of the pandemic thing, but it did, it, we actually started writing a little bit before, but when the pandemic hit, it really kind of cemented what we were uh, wanted to do. And it, it's only relevant in the sense that um, 
you know, it gave us a lot more time, number one, to, to write and a lot more time to, you know, use our imaginations about thinking bigger. You know, when you have so much free time to, to, to do things like that, your imagination can go a little wild. And to be honest with you, you know, I was thinking that since we had already done a double album, that it might be, might not be a bad idea to do a triple album. And <laughs> I don't know if how many people out there, you know, are, you know, have that much of a memory of going back into, you know, there, there aren't that many triple vinyl albums in the world. There wasn't, you know, even in the seventies, it was a, right. a bit of a stretch to get something like that. That wasn't a, a compilation or a live record. And so, but we, again, we were like, one of the things that inspired us in, in regard to this, this music scene was, was a feeling that, that, that bands were doing things a lot more dramatically as far as uh, the kind of music they were putting out and the way they were packaging it. Uh, bands like uh, Boris and Sun, you know, mm -hmm. and even Pelican as well, too, you know, back in the, you know, 2012, a little earlier, we're really taking the, you know, the genre and and, and pushing it in, in, in amazing directions as far as packaging, as far as, 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 as what they were putting out. There's a there's a Sun-Boris collaboration called Alter that's on Southern Lord Records, and it's almost like a three-record box set. And mm. it's not to everyone's taste, but it's it's pretty dramatic as far as the packaging goes and the music itself. So yeah. there's precedent for 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 things like this. Um, and, and, and and one of the reasons it inspired us, you know, in the genre. But so, you know, p putting all that history together in the, in the time we had with the pandemic, it was, you know, why not create something larger than life? And, you know, reality set in, of course, you know, when we started, when we got together, and and realized you know what would be involved in doing a triple album so it got pared down to to um a double but you know the ideas were there and we wanted to go big and we wanted to you know spend a lot of time in the studio and and be more creative and throw a lot of stuff in there and and we did and we achieved our goals but at the end of the day you know we you sit back and listen to it and you go wow is this is this a little bit too much you know, and you just kind of wonder whether or not you pushed it too far. Uh, but the record came out. It took a little while to get it out. But when it did come out, you know, people were very positive in their responses. And, it, you know, this record over, you know, more than any of the others, it, that kind of validation really mattered, you know, because we mm. were genuinely concerned about what people were, were going to think about, about what was going on on this record. And we were pleased that people were people were positive about it. And that was, that made us feel it was time well spent. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, the music itself is just awesome. Like I, I talk about it all the time, but you know, I'm I, like death metal or things like that, like, or sludge metal, like the seven minute long song is King, you know, it's like giving you time to be a musician and, and like have fun and do it. And, and with you guys, you know, uh, being structured differently, and um, just being so uh, in depth in what you're doing, immersive sound, you know, and then just like all of a sudden, like it's like a soundtrack almost like to people's lives. Like I was cooking dinner tonight, you know, and it's like all of a sudden I was like bopping along and then all of a sudden I was like, boom, hit with like awesome fucking riffs, you know, and like killer kind of solos. And you're just like, what is going on? This is immense, you know? Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, with the way you guys have like, you know, you have that that yellow vinyl. You had the blue one, um, the black and the 
the red spotter, like everything you guys, uh, it's the presentation is killer. Well, that stuff is really important to us. You know, obviously the music as well too, but the way you get it, I mean, the physical product, you know, it's not always about vinyl, but, but it started, the band started in a way with, you know, in, in some sense with the, the desire that <clears throat> it's not just the music, it's, it's the way it's presented and mm -hmm. you know, vinyl packaging can, can be minimalist. It can be, or it can be over the top and, you know, you can really put the time in and, you know, we were a lot less concerned, you know, we were putting out our own records up until this, the, um, this record when we signed down with Majestic Mountain. And so, you know, our, our concern was more like, you know, okay, not about the bottom line about what, you know, how much we were going to make from each record. It was about what can we do to make this, you know, the most exciting thing for people to get. And, you know, if, if we break even, we'll be happy. You know, it's not about, you know, uh, making a living. I mean, no one goes into instrumental doom stoner in, in, in the first place to become rich. I mean, it's the, it's the least path forward to rock stardom, I guarantee you. <laughs> so, Except so, for maybe like harsh noise artists. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I suppose there's harder, harder roads, but this one seems pretty rocky. I got to tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the thought is always like, you know, how can we, how can we present this in, in, so that, you know, you're excited by the music, but you're, you know, when you open up the packaging, you're like, also like, wow, someone really put the, some time and effort into this. And, you know, it's, it's always been worthwhile, you know, when, when you get kind of reaction from people to like, wow, this, you know, the music's great, but boy, you know, the way it's, it's presented as well too, it looks like there's some thought going on. And I, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't even gotten the, we haven't gotten the vinyl yet. It landed at Majestic about a week ago. And it's making its way to us. And so we've seen pictures, but we've actually haven't um, haven't held a copy or heard it, huh. other than the tests. And uh, so we're as excited as as anyone about about having it. And, right. and you know, that's the proof at that point is when you crack <laughs> that thing open, and you hold it in your hand, and it is actually the you know the culmination of a couple of years worth of work it comes down to that one moment when you pull out that record and you go, okay, this is it. You know, this is essentially the end of the line now. And yeah. this is what you've been working for. So hopefully by next week we'll have it in hand, but you know, all signs are pointing to positive that it turned out pretty nicely. That's awesome. So uh, who came up with um, like your design colors and themes? Was that like a collaborative effort? We uh, we've always tried to, well, uh, the first couple of records, you know, were a lot of, uh, you know, public domain art. So the band kind of like, you know, put it together, um, you know, just like tr creating, I, I think the, along with the band name, the artwork itself had to, you know, follow a certain path you know, I always felt like, you know, <clears throat> you know, if someone is holding the record in their hand and you told them what kind of music it is, you go, Oh, okay. I get it. You know, the band name, I get the artwork, you know, it all kind of works together. Um, over time, you know, I think actually really starting with um, uh, Dawn of the Satanic Age, you know, we we started reaching out more to other art, to other artists, you know, to help create things. And it's progressed to the point now where if a new record is coming out, we reach out to artists we admire, you know, and people nice. who we feel like are going to add something, whatever it is that they do <clears throat> to where we're at musically you know what's going to work with this uh excuse me what with this with this cover uh with mm -hmm. this you know the music and uh bronca studios in um in spain 
um, have been around for a long time. They're pretty, uh, they're, they're, their work is iconic, you know, in the genre. Yeah. And so we've always wanted to work with them. And this was the opportunity, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons we approached them for this record was that, you know, there's, there were times when they could drift off to something that was, you know, maybe a little less cliched uh, stoner than, 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 than other artists, but everyone we've worked with has, has kind of worked with our ideas. It's, it's been very much a collaborative effort in the sense that, you know, we give them some direction and idea of where we want it to go. And it, it, we bounce back and forth and eventually land on something that, you know, works for both of us. And nice. we feel like this record, you know, definitely for sure. And um, who uh, who actually came up with the band name? Was that a collaborative thing between all of you? Or was it was someone just be like, we should call it this? Or? No, that was all me. That was all you. <laughs> Jump in there and take credit for that. Um, <laughs> no, I played in plenty of bands before and... One thing, you know, when you start looking back at the bands you played in, invariably you 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 look at all the things that went right and then you look at all the things that went wrong. And there's probably a, a list, a, a, literally of 500 things that you could point out with any band that you played in about all the things that worked and all the things that didn't, you know, mm -hmm. from, from musically to the, the personnel to to things like a band name. You, you know, sometimes you name a band and you play for a couple of years and the band ends, you, you look back at the band name and you're going, what was I thinking? What, <laughs> that was a great idea, you know? Yeah. So this one, with this one, well, you might be thinking that now. That's why, you know, <laughs> no, 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 the band name is awesome. I love the band so, name. I'm glad yeah. you like it. I, but I, I, I set out to like think, okay, this time around, I'm not going to make the same mistakes that I've made before. And it was like, I and to come up with a name that does two things. Number one, when you say the name, you get the idea that it's it's uh, it's metal doom stoner. It's gotta it's gotta have an element of evil to it, mm -hmm. and that's why there's a satanic element to it. Then the second one was that it had to be something that that we were gonna say and write over and over again for years. Right. You know, it's one thing to come up with a name, but to have to live with a name and to live with a name for years to say it over and over again to write it and to type it and to explain it, you know, it's got to have some sort of lasting element. So at the time that I came up with it, I was, you know, well, I've always been a big Flaming Lips fan and, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the music that we do is really not necessarily, you know, what they do, but I was always a fan of, of the band and they have a, they had have, have a record uh, from the nineties called clouds taste metallic. I don't know if you're ah. familiar with the record or the band, uh -huh. but, um, and you know, the record is great. I love the record. Um, but it was one of those record titles that, you know, whenever I pulled out the record or I thought about it, I always found the, the title interesting. It, it never got tiresome to me. And, uh, and I thought, and it, well, that went on for years and, and I was like, okay, well, if I can say this title, and, and and think about it and look at it and still be interested in it a few years down the road, you know, maybe it can be the basis for a band name, you know, that's something I'll hopefully won't get tired of. And, you know, theoretically, we could have called the uh, band Cloud States Metallic because we're technically a metal band, so it would have worked. But I didn't want people thinking we were a Flaming Lips cover band. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> throw some Satan, Satan in there and see if we can... Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Satan just gives you the access to a whole different level of imagery. Um, so I think that was a smarter choice, definitely, because 
then you can go down the whole occult, occult rock path type thing. Even if you don't have lyrics, it can have like, you know, themes in your albums that relate to that stuff. Well, we're, right. big, we're big fans of Satan for sure. I mean, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, Harry Potter or, or you know, any of these other things, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, fantasy imagery that's um, right. that's that's interesting and entertaining. And, and for sure, we were all about like all the things that would, uh, not only it being very metal, but, you know, all the things that would come along with that as far as album covers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, videos that we've done. Um, but, you know, it, it, and I think what we were actually even hoping a little bit that there'd be more of this, like, you know, I don't want to say satanic backlash, but more that it would be more of a name that, that people would be like, whoa, Satan, you know, scary. But, you know, mm -hmm. in this day and age, no one can no one is scared by satan anymore apparently oh, it's, not, it's right. nothing to fear anymore you, you yeah. think that but then we we had a guest on a little while ago um richie randall <laughs> from, from from grave Huffer. i'm not sure if you know grave Huffer. oh i've heard of them yeah yeah yeah. um they played a festival brendan do you remember what state was in was it tennessee um, yeah yeah it was metal Devast metal devastation it's fest tennessee and they played in the small town um and there was like petitions from the town trying to shut down the festival for being satanic and like people were threatened to go there and beat up the band members the police had to be there and stuff and like they oh, thought man. like a portal of hell was gonna open yeah you should see that <laughs> it was like the funniest press they, they literally got like free national press out of it which is awesome for them oh, um but, but that's awesome like, that's great yeah this still exists satanic panic is, is still apparently alive and well in certain parts of the u.s but most people have, have moved on from that, which you are correct about, luckily. Those guys are so lucky. <laughs> right, like, good, good, for, good for them. <laughs> you like, satanic panic nowadays would be like, you know, just a bunch of Satanists with anxiety. <laughs> now it's like uh, rappers and pop stars that are getting the satanic panic stuff, like... Um, it's oh, yeah. kind Odd of world dude yeah. future thing guy he, it's weird how he it just... shifted like that like sam smith that there's like some satan weird satanic backlash against him <laughs> and then but the, the yeah. other weird coincidence is that all these like uh stars that are getting satanic panic backlash happen to be gay so i don't know oh, if it's like really about the satanic panic side of things you know what i mean from the conservative side but uh yeah i suppose if you're a big pop star I, I things like that are a little more relevant and you have to think about it um a little bit more but again when you're Kind of in this genre, and and you're it's you're expected. playing. People have a little more appreciation for your music. There's, a, you really don't have you don't have a lot to lose as far as like elements of being too satany. It's really not right. That you exactly. Be overly concerned. More to gain than to lose, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, who, I mean, obviously, Flaming Lips are a band that you love, uh, but you're not a Tank Lips cover band. So, who would you say sort of some of your biggest inspirations as a band that kind of inspired your sound? Well, for sure. I mean, the, the, you know, our first leg a record was uh, called uh, "Sleep Beyond the Earth." So, I mean, we had mm -hmm. "Sleep and Earth" right there in the first title. So, you know, in right. case anyone was not quite Bump. sure, we we're basically like, like, "Yeah, these two bands for sure." Let's start. Let's start with there, and then work our way around. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I, I guess you know, obviously Black Sabbath, and you know, going back, you know, more historical, um, and the you mentioned Pelican. Uh, before mm. talking you know that band as far as you know the, the two main bands was were uh pelican and and bong ripper as far as like really nice. kind of where we're at right now i don't know what's going on in chicago that makes that they have so these so many of these awesome bands 
but um, they were two that was like, okay, this is kind of really pointing a, a way forward for what we were doing um, as far as inspiration, not only with music, but, you know, with um, the way they put out their records and the way they conduct themselves. And mm. it was, you know, that, that, that type of inspiration there's, there's, you know, we definitely have some roots in, in post-rock as well too. Uh, Mogwai and uh, Godspeed, you black emperor for yep. more cinematic type of music, you know, um, mm. and we're also, you know, I don't know with this record we're, we've, and I think over time we've been moving slightly, you know, away from, you know, you know, standard doom to, to things maybe a little bit more progressive. So, you know, even some of the bands from like the seventies, like, yes, and yes, yeah, specifically yeah. for this record, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a yes record called tales uh, of topographic oceans, which oh, yeah. came out in the seventies. And so that was an inspiration for this record. Um, and there's, there's elements on it that it, 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 to us progressive is just like, you know, just adding a, additional elements to what we already do that people might not expect either percussion or other instrumentation to, to, you know, for a little more variety. And, and, and so I guess those, you know, all those things put together are, are where we are now. Um, we're a doom stoner band because, because that's really where, you know, if we go into any record, that's the first thing on our mind is, is riffs, riffs yeah. rule all. And, right. and, you know, without any type of, you know, it's what we love. It's, what formed the band it's what we get the most joy out of so it's going to start there but you know we try and and especially with this record to veer down some paths that are a little more unexpected and and one of the goals number one is to you know keep us entertained and engaged but also you know to give people who are listening you know a break it, it, it's a dynamic thing where you know you've got riffs but if you if you veer off a little and try something else and get back to it later on it has more of an impact sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that's that way with, you know, and especially it's like, it's like a soundtrack to a movie. You know, if you ever listen to a score of a film, it's not always on 10 for the mm -hmm. entire film. You've got to have right, right. like, you know, peaks and valleys and it makes the film more interesting. It makes the music more interesting when you're just listening to it on its own. Right. I feel, I feel like if you're doing instrumental, it gives you much more of a, like I guess a free pass to kind of experiment with and do whatever you want. People are kind of like, well, it's like a long album. There's no vocals. I, I kind of want something different. So I definitely appreciate that. I mean, that's, I think that's why prog got away with having such long albums in the seventies, as you said, um, I, I'm a huge seventies prog fan. So um, nice. I love like, yes, Floyd, um, Jethro Tell, all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely think the fact that, they they did experiment so much and their songs kind of go in so many different directions is why it helped keep people's attention for that long. Yeah, that was the other thing too. When you're talking about inspiration for the record, you know, and I and I mentioned yes in that record, and and that was also it kind of dovetails with with the whole length of the record too. Uh, when the, the yes put that record out in the I think it was 1974, there was a somewhat of a critical backlash against. A, mm basically you know arguing against Prague in general and saying oh it's got too bloated it's gotten too long i mean it was a it was a, it was a double album whoop to do you know but i think people uh critics used it as a scapegoat for you know trying to get back to more um basic rock and we thought that was kind of humorous the the concept of a double album being somehow like people can't handle that much information you know and uh, oh man too much <laughs> rock and roll man <laughs> 
It was just, so all those elements came, I guess, as as an inspiration, not only musically, but some of the stories surrounding it. And and there was a lot of, you know, and the whole uh, pandemic thing and the concept of, you know, what is what is the pandemic doing for us mentally? And, and is the whole issue of demonic possession, you know, back in back in olden times, you know, was that an issue more of an issue of mental illness or or other things that, you know, people didn't have the ability to deal with back then, you know, and because, you know, you go through this pandemic thing and, you know, all of a sudden your life is turned upside down. So you're, you know, you're wondering how that's going to necessarily affect you. So, you know, that was definitely in addition to having the time to write, you know, one of the themes that was like going on, is it, is it really, are you really possessed by the devil or maybe you're just having a bad day. And, you know, nowadays you can deal with, with a pill and some therapy, but, you know, back in the day, that wasn't really an option. Well, that that and the fact that um, you couldn't even discuss it even until recently, and in some cultures you're still you're still not open to discussion mental health. So, um, sure. Sure. I definitely appreciate your point there. But you know, I mean, I think that you know it was definitely um, a chance to be you know also a little more experimental. And again, uh, you know, getting back to not having a vocalist, you know, it's not that we ha- have an issue per se about 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 vocalists in general, but you know, vocalists put such a huge stamp on any recording that 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 you listen to you put on an album it could be by any band and usually it'll start instrumentally with some guitar riffs and things like that and when the vocals come in um how you feel personally about that vocalist well whether it's it's the sound of their voice it's their style of singing it's their volume it's the lyrics all these elements that go together to to create whether it's a vocalist that you really enjoy or you're immediately like I don't like these vocals and it's and and, and then all of a sudden everything else about the record gets cast aside because it's yeah. like you know okay here's the vocalist I don't like this vocalist and this vocalist is going to be on every song that follows so you know in essence you could be done uh, and that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, grow to enjoy the vocalist. I'm sure it happens on occasion. And when you yeah. get a vocalist who you love and works perfectly with the music and you really dig what he or she is saying, you know, with the lyrics and it all comes together, it's, it can be magical. But yeah. it, it's like it's like a huge monster stomping on Tokyo. It's Godzilla on Tokyo. That's what a vocalist is. And um, and so, you know, what that person does is, you know, not having a vocalist really frees you to be more creative because that's not an issue anymore. The instrumentation, the writing, um, the arrangements have to be enough to engage you. And right. if they don't, they, it falls short. I, uh, I have a hypothetical for you quickly. I'm not sure if you've been, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but like, uh, say you were to do one track with vocals and you could pick any vocalist in the world to work with uh as Klaus says satanic is there anyone on your mind that you think could possibly gel with your sound well that's an interesting question uh we've never been asked that before okay. and i've never really <clears throat> given a lot of thought i will say that um with our music i would uh, you know in metal you've got vocalists who can sing you've got vocalists who can scream or growl mm-hmm. and you've got vocalists who are basically the guitar player who's going to sing because they didn't go out and get a singer and someone's got to sing. Right. 
So those are those are your three options, really, in in, in a metal band. I would have to say that anyone uh, working with us would have to really be able to sing. Not not on an operatic level. I really don't think that would work. Um, and I, I I don't I'm not a big fan of the growling the the Cookie Monster thing. Uh, you know, okay. it, it can work a little bit, but I feel like it gets tiresome really quickly. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, someone who can sing, but there's got to be a level of um, of sharing the, the musical spectrum. I guess that's probably the best way to say it. That they, they, yeah. they, they're an equal part of 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 all the music that's going on they can actually sing but at the same yeah. point they're not overpowering everything that's going on and i'm really not sure who would fit that there's some great vocalists out there uh, no doubt um and i'd have to really i guess sit down and think of a, I get, no one comes to mind specifically offhand oh that's fair enough it was an ambush question so mm. totally no fair. no it's actually <laughs> intriguing i feel like i should later on i should like start digging now to find we can send an email to somebody. Hey, if you're unhappy with the like, you know, <laughs> ethereal, and that someone can like, like, belt it out, you know, and then yeah. like, they also can like keep it, keep it good, keep it chill. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like uh, to your point of sharing, I, I think that's what that that seventies prog stuff did so well is that mm. the vocalist wasn't the lead of the band; he was just another member of the band, and uh, there. The music at that point was really good at sharing that especially if you look at like a lot of those 10 to 20 minute tracks maybe a three to four minutes out of some of those is vocals and i think that worked really well personally well peter gabriel and genesis i mean you know amazing <clears throat> voice but you know found his place in 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 in, in the musical spectrum of those songs and mm-hmm. even pink floyd too i think a lot of people still gravitate gravitate towards pink floyd to this day you know, and mm-hmm. I, that seems to be the one band that that all people, including metal people, can agree of having an appreciation for. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about David Gilmore's voice. I mean, it, it doesn't come across necessarily as as stunning, but mm-hmm. it's perfect for for Pink Floyd. And it yeah. works so well with the music and he can sing, but not, you know, it's just not it's not this insanely operatic voice. So someone like that who just, you know can fit in to that musical spectrum is, is the perfect person. And somewhere out there, that perfect person there is, is out there for cloud state satanic. I haven't met him or her yet, but. Right. It's funny that you say that. Cause I, I've always thought that about his vocals as well. I've always been like, man, I, he's just such a great vocalist, but it's not because of his like level of vocal talent. It's just that he, he just, he makes it work so well in context. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, how do you describe his voice? I mean, you don't, you know, he's you don't think of him in the same breath as Ronnie James Dio. No. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, no. it's um, it's perfect for the music. And so it's, yeah, you got to find that vocalist that's perfect for the music. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brendan, I, I just noticed we're over the halfway mark. So I know you have some some fun ones you want to fire uh, off there. Um, I'll let you take take, take a lead there for a minute. Um, I guess where. <clears throat> Where are we gonna go and find? Where did it go? Oh, the bagel hole. Is that like? Is there multiple locations? I've heard about this place. I don't know if you know about it. You mean in Brooklyn? Yeah, <laughs> I actually have heard it. Uh, heard of it. I haven't been there though. Is that a place where you basically get the hole? The what would have gone into the hole? Of the bagel? That's what. Yeah. You- 
I think so. They uh, um, they seem like it was like this. A lot of people raved about it. Yeah, I uh, I have not been there there specifically. I remember for back uh, years ago we had this. Um, there was an Instagram thing where this bagel place in Williamsburg was doing like these multicolored bagels, and it blew up big time because they were very photogenic. You know, you know, you yeah, get the crazy bagel that you could post on your Instagram page, and people would just like you know devour it. I actually I actually had one of those. And they did taste, they tasted awesome as well, too. I don't think it was the food coloring that they put in. I think they just did a good job with the bagel. But Brooklyn, yeah. it's hard to find, it's hard to find a bad bagel. It's hard to find a bad, um, a bad uh, bagel hole, I'm sure. And it's hard to find a bad slice of pizza. So, I mean, I'm sure it's out there, but, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, God, if I eat bagels every day, though, man, I'd be like, it's like, uh, <laughs> we, have to, we have to show some restraint here. Have a salad. Right, right. And then uh, the Coney Island hot dog. <laughs> Nathan's. Nathan's. All right. I love it. Good um, stuff. Have you, have you been to Coney Island? I uh, went one time as a little pup back in the day. Um, I, oh, God. I was mid-90s. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That was, was still like, a little bit dangerous. Uh, well, yeah. Pretty crummy now. My uh, my grandparents were in uh, Jersey, like in Oceanport. So like we were always kind of like go down New York and Brook, like, all this kind of stuff. Like Jersey, New York, hanging out. It was fun stuff. It's no way. It seems it's more of a vibe, I guess. You know, it's like a good way to just take the train to the end of the line. You know, yeah. Nathan's get a hot dog or some fries. You know, if it's nice out, if you're into roller coasters, you do the uh, the uh, God. What is the name of that? Stupid roller coaster that's so famous all the time. Anyway, the the one, the old rickety wooden one that um, <laughs> God, I mean, I can't even. I'm I'm failing my uh, not my the cyclone. Yeah, the, uh... the cy- No, yeah, right. It's the other one. Um, <sighs> oh, people are gonna kill me for this. Not knowing the. Uh... <laughs> I know the Wonder Wheel is the big Ferris wheel that you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, but you know, you kind of, if you're into roller coasters, you ride the roller coaster. You kind of walk around. They got you know this remnants of like f- some freak shows, and there's you know there's games and things like that. And they, again, it wears off pretty quickly. But you know, for a couple of hours and on a, on an afternoon, um, yeah. And you could even actually theoretically even go swimming. It's not that uh, it's not that bad, but. Um, yeah, it's just another destination that may be a little less touristy. You know, New York is a city in general has just been right with tourism. You know, it's just like you go into lower Manhattan and there's just they're, they're every tourists are everywhere. And, you know, I mean, it's good for the city. You know, I guess it brings money in. And um, so, you know, good for them. If I'm if I'm going to work or something like that, I'm seeing people who have got nothing better to do than. Then, then visit the stock exchange or whatever it is that they want yeah. to do on their vacation. You know, more power to them. And enjoy your, you know, your your time off. But yeah. you know, it's it's you know, there's things about Brooklyn that are you know, it's just a little less touristy. It's a little, uh, we think it's a little more interesting. And uh, right, you know, I grew up in Long Island, and I was like, I can't wait to get off of Long Island. So <laughs> New York City um, was the first stop. Just just uh, to offer uh, outsider's perspective on New York, because I I obviously am not American. Um, the thing that the thing that sort of makes it so special as an international tourist is that you grow up your whole life seeing um, locations in all the movies and TV shows you watch. So for me, New York was the place like everywhere you go is recognizable. Um, you're like, oh man, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this. And even if it's like a mundane thing, it's just 
you spent your whole life seeing it in movies and, and TV. So it's like, it, it's that whole extra layer, I guess, uh, as a tourist that makes it so special of just everything being iconic, I guess. Well, right. that's the way I always feel about LA. You know, if I go to California, I'm like, I can pronounce, you know, names that uh, of streets that I, you know, that that I would have trouble normally pronouncing, like something like La Cienega. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that I've heard that name a thousand times on TV shows and in movies. And mm-hmm. so I can recognize all the places and I can pronounce the names that would normally be unpronounceable to me. Because right. uh, it just stays with you and you're just like, you know, it's like, you it's know, you're raised on that stuff. And it just, yeah, it's a great feeling to like try and actually you know, experience it when you've spent most of your life just seeing it on film. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, I, LA was the same for me as well, because I live in San Diego. So I'm like an hour from or two hours from LA now. Um, but when I first started going to LA, it was like, I was just like in awe of like so many famous locations I've always seen my whole life. I love it. It's, you know, I mean, I have enough friends who are like, you know, mourn like, you know, the loss of some of the grittiness, you know, of, of, of the city. And I don't know, it's, it's always that thing, you know, where you look back and then, you, you know, your memory of things is a little hazy. You know, there, there were elements that were super cool when New York was a little less, less expensive and cleaned up and, and, and Disney like, but at the same time, too, you know, you, you can walk around pretty much anywhere and be feel safe. So <laughs> there's that trade off. So that's always nice. Right. But Brooklyn's cool. I mean, I wouldn't live anywhere else. I mean, I there's a lot of, a lot of places I want to visit in the world, but I've never gotten tired of living in Brooklyn. That's cool. Yeah, I live like a couple hours away on a I always wanted to come down day trip. And there's always like a shit ton of freaking shows at like St. Vitus and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want to go. But I don't want to drive back home and then I got to freaking find a place to stay. And like, that's a pain in the ass, you know? So then it turns into a big ordeal every time I want to go to the show. And I'm telling you, there's like shows all the fucking time around there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> you need friends and friends in different places that you can bump mm-hmm. up for a night. That's the key. You get to meet more outgoing and friendly. Nothing I can get, nothing I can do, but other people can certainly do that. Right. <laughs> um playing live you guys have um some shows coming up we have um we agreed to do uh there's i guess long in out in long island speaking of long island is um i guess they're doing a a doom festival at the end of april um we've actually never played in long island even it's like though it's you know right next door <clears throat> so we have agreed to uh play that uh that's at the end of april we're going to europe in at the end of may uh, beginning of June for a week of shows. Um, nice. We've got a couple of festivals that we're playing at in Denmark and Germany. And we're going to add a couple of shows in uh, Norway and Sweden. It's only going to be a week or so, but we're really looking forward to that. Um, and we're playing at uh, Desert Fest, New York in September. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and we're also, I think there's a, some sort of festival in Massachusetts that we're playing at at the end of August at a, at a, uh, a beer um beer garden and I'm, i think i'm looking forward to that most of it. i was like <laughs> a brewery are you, are you you know all they had to say was it's, it, it is a festival at a brewery and i'm like i'm, in, I'm done i don't That's care awesome. where it is or what how are we gonna get there but we're going do you know so, where in mass uh i do i i should like it's north of um it's it, it's north of boston something like big bone or bone something bone 
Like now that's the thing. I, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hmm. We can't end. We can't end this conversation without me <laughs> to come up with the name of this uh, this beer place and also the name of that stupid fucking roller coaster and uh, <laughs> well too. But absolutely. Oh, here we go. Uh, Bone up brewing. That all sound familiar? Huh? Nah. Bone up brewing. Where is Bone up brewing? What town? Everett, Massachusetts. Ah, okay. That's probably about a. It's like probably an hour and a half drive for me. Really? Uh, are Greg and uh, uh, Greg drummer Greg and um, and Rob bass grew up in Massachusetts and nice. I, I know well, I can't remember what town it was specifically. I thought it was again awfully Boston, but I developed a really a real big interest in um in marshmallow fluff. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it's made like not too far from where we grew up. So <laughs> that's my, you know, I've been to Boston too, but I'm like, boy, I really love to see the marshmallow fluff factory. To me, that would be like, <laughs> really exciting. So I'm thinking of hitting that along with the trip to the brewery. So we're really going to make it a Massachusetts experience. Hell yeah. I'm line up a gig at the Fluff Factory. Oh, yeah. man. I love me some marshmallow fluff. Perfect food. <laughs> Not very nutritional, but man, it's good. I mean, so it would be kind of perfect. You could just, there's your clouds right there. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's there you go. It's perfect. Let's go with everything. <laughs> perfect metaphor for. You can call yeah. the show like clouds taste like marshmallow. Oh, <laughs> right. oh God. We got to use that somehow. <laughs> yeah, you gotta make your own clouds of fluffy marshmallow. Yeah, I can't tell. You tell old people they're like, really? And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I eat other foods too. It's not like I'm just satanic marshmallows. <laughs> but so that you know, we're we're looking forward to that that show as well too. I mean, again, nice. it's a brewery, it should be fun. So you know, I guess the the, the challenge is not to drink too much before you play. It's right, right. That right sweet spot of enough, but not too much. Brendan right. actually uh, works at a brewery in uh, his town. Oh, nice. Where? Uh, Connecticut Valley Brewing. Oh, okay. I assume it's in Connecticut. Yep. <laughs> nice. What do you do yeah. there? Uh, I do production management. Oh, so great. I make sure everybody's got their things and their stuffs and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun. Who gets to name fun. the beers? That, that must be uh, the brewmaster that does that. So there's a little bit of that, and then uh, uh, brewmaster, and then um, the owners. Um, it's a husband and wife, and they'll kind of like come up with stuff and whatnot. Like they made um, a brown ale, and um, they ended up calling it uh, Soul Reason, and they named it after uh, one of the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, cool! Yeah, so our, ours, our brewery is a. It's a basically like an aerospace themed brewery because the the owners are pilots and so retired pilots um so yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool stuff we might have beers in your area and then um we have we sell um beers out to sweden so when you're out there you can try and find our stuff oh absolutely we're gonna be in stockholm and uh, gothenburg so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out i guess your, your motto don't 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 drink and fly (laughs) <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, what's weird is, I, you know, this used to be a, the the brewery metal thing. I'm not really sure where it came from, but a lot of breweries seem to be really into metal. I know this thing. There's a bunch of them down in Maryland and uh, yeah, Jersey too that are 
putting on these metal shows. And I'm like, when did this happen? When is the, where did the connection of beer and metal come from? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm just curious. I probably no just the owners like the music, maybe the brewer likes the music. I, I don't know. Most, yeah. most metal fans I know seem to enjoy quite a bit of beer as well. Just have well, to true. be that way. I won't encourage things like that, you know, cross politics <laughs> of beer and with all this synchronism yeah. with no drinking. The other, the other trend <laughs> I want to get our picture like, on the side of a can. That would be cool. That, that that's a that would be the, the the retirement moment if we can get our 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 band name on a, on a beer can. I think there's nothing more really more to do after that. It's really well, oh, that'd be fun. I'll try and get it brewed for you. Oh um, man, that would be pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. love that. That the would other, be uh, pair up. I've seen the, the big trend of pairing up uh, food and and metal is hot sauces. So many bands oh, yeah. now have their own hot sauce. I guess that's logical, you know. We got clouds taste like beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know that never gets old, never ever. Oh, never, you, ever. you gotta actually better better name is hops taste satanic. Yeah, mm. hops taste satanic. Yeah, they make like a cloudy IPA. Yeah, yeah. there you go. See if you can you sell go. that to the uh, to to the brewmasters and see if they yeah, go with a clouds themed beer. Yep, they'll be like. Pay for the stickers, pay for all the grains. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll figure that out. That'd funny. be a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, Brendan, do you have any other ones? Because we're kind of coming up on time a little bit. Yeah, I was going to ask if um, playing abroad, uh, what was your favorite city? Have you been out there yet before? or never? We've never been out of the country before. So uh, this is our first trip to Europe. And nice. uh, yeah, first trip out of the country. So um I mean, we've been to Texas. That's like another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depends where you're going. Yeah, it's like another country. But well, we actually really enjoyed. It. We only were there for a couple of days in uh, Austin and Houston, and um, what's the other? San Antonio. San Antonio turned out to be the best. I was like, well, I knew nothing about San Antonio other than the name, and I was like, oh, that's a great city. Nice. So you know, you're never quite sure what to expect. That's why you know, it's like we're flying into Berlin. And and you know you I mean we've been to Europe before but not as a not as a band and and yeah oh, okay so we, yeah yeah if you're not sure what to expect which show is going to work out you know sometimes you've got big expectations about festivals and they and they fizzle and then other times you know you end up at a dive bar and you're like oh my god this is going to suck and it turns out to be an amazing show so yeah there's no rhyme or reason other than, you know, to what makes a great show or a great city as far right. as for playing for it. So the only way you find out is to actually do the show and decide. We've had great shows at St. Vitus. We've had, you know, mediocre shows at St. Vitus too. It's same, yeah. venue, same place. Um, but some nights, you know, the bands you're playing with, uh, the people that show up make all the difference. And um, yeah, you only find out when I actually play them. Right, right. Your music video uh, for the Seer. Uh, who made that for you guys? Oh, uh, it was that. That's the one. That's the animated one, right? With the uh, yeah. things coming out of there. We yeah. we 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 reached out to the artist who uh, who made that video and and wanted to use it with our music, and and he agreed and thought it was a, a good combination. Um, oh, yeah, cool. this a couple of years ago. I can't remember all the details of, of, of how it transpired, but really felt like the, the that portion of the song really worked. And that I think that video is super cool. Um, yeah, it is. 
you know, it just like really works well with that. And uh, it kind of changed the pattern a little bit of, of us. We did, there was some assembly involved, but, but it, it was moving a little bit more away from, you know, the random, like, you know, horror movie clip thing and um right right we're doing that for years um we've actually got two people in the band who are well rob specifically is a somewhat accomplished video person not with music videos per se but um right uh you know so he's added some 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 flavor to some of the stuff that we've done but um i've always been it's videos are weird i you know i a lot of them are you know the whole like Here's a picture, you know, the band in their rehearsal space or we're making a space that's really cool. The band plays, they along to the song. Um, it's interesting to see the band. It's kind of interesting to see the vibe, but it wears thin really quick. Um, yeah. So we've always kind of like been trying to throw in some other elements to keep people interested. I mean, I don't even know who watches music videos anymore, to be honest with you, unless, unless it's just super compelling. But um, I enjoy the process of having them and and getting them out there you know as a way yeah. of of, of kind of highlighting the music a little bit i think it, when it works it works really well with the music yeah um, and yeah we'd like to do more stuff like that the the greg the drummer came up with the, the first video which was a old animated uh, movie from the 70s and the latest one was god i don't even know uh, that came from rob too as far of like a a mashup of different elements um yeah, I don't know. That'd be cool, you know, playing the background at some venues or something, you know. Oh, we love that, you know, visually. You know, we're trying to do a lot of that stuff for for live shows, and we had a lot of lights and things going on. We've kind of reduced it just to some videos in the background, but I think those work. Yeah, right on. Hey, any other any? What's the one question you wanted to ask, but you're holding back? I sense you. I sense your hesitation. Oh, geez. Oh, I know <laughs> James has got one. Um, Come on. My, mine's going to yeah. be the closing question, so I'll hold that till, till Brendan's done. There right you go. Oh, we got the city covered. Um, what um, what cover songs started uh, to, to get you uh, guys inspired to do Cloud Covered? Like oh, right, right. Oh, good, uh, good question. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> the initial idea was that, you know, that, oh, I think I had voiced it, was that I wanted to do a song-for-song song cover of... Uh, of a Buckman Turner overdrive record called not fragile. Um, yeah. It has, uh, yeah. That that's one of the songs that we ended up doing uh, off that record was, is on, um, it is on cloud covered, but it, yeah, you know, it was getting four people to agree on some stuff is a, is a, can be a real pain in the ass. And to get four people to agree on which cover songs they like, you know, at first we were like, Holy crap, this is going to be, you know, easy. And then it turned out to be, you know, tough because getting four people to agree on four songs that they like much less want to actually learn and play and, and put out is, is a task and a half. Um, but you know, we kind of just divided it up into, um, everyone got a couple of choices and, and really had with the weird ones really had to convince the rest of the band, their, their worthiness. I, I know Greg came in with that, that Chicago song. You know, was it? If you leave me now, I know we changed it to, if you do me now, yeah, but that song was when we first heard it, it was like, what are you? How high are you that you think that we're going to make this song? You know, this is like the cheesiest of late 70s, early 80s Chicago. And I and I like Chicago. 
And then, so they got some pretty rocking tunes. And I was like, are you sure this is the one you want to do? Of all the Chicago songs, this is the one you want to do? And it actually, you know, he's like, he's like, I got a vision, man. I got a vision. This is going to be awesome. And it actually turned out to be pretty good. He <laughs> kind of worked well, uh, pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of all over the map. And 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 it and weirdly enough, it, it turned out to be very successful in the sense that I think because it came from a lot of different places. There's a, there is a Flaming Lips cover on there, but there's a lot of other bands, Pink Floyd and Nirvana, just a little bit of everywhere. I want to do another one, um, but now we're you know uh, oddly enough, another Greg idea is is Christmas music. He's like you know why don't we put the, do a couple of Christmas songs for this year, and um, please do. So we're, we're actually clouds, considering clouds chase Santa. <laughs> don't laugh we've been uh, yeah we, we, we've been knocking around ideas if you got any let us know there's no bad ideas we're just pitballing at this point but um yeah i actually or 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 was it satan tastes christmas satan Santa tastes panic <laughs> yeah we went back and forth when we still haven't landed on anything yet but after we're done with this tour i think we're before we start working on the next record I think we might, you know, try and record a couple of Christmas tunes just to see how it goes. I wanted to do, I suggested doing the entire Charlie Brown Christmas album, you know, back to front. But again, you know, doing a whole album completely can can be mm. a little intimidating at first. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be an experiment. If it works, we'll put them out. If it doesn't work, then it ends. Yeah. It'll be some fun practice nights, you know. I think so. I mean, you know, who knows? Until you actually start working on a song and you try and make it your own, you know, what it's going to sound like. I, you know, I'd prefer to uh, avoid some of the cheesier tunes, but there's some there's some dark Christmas uh, songs out there in the world. You know, weirdly enough, there's a there's a dark side to Christmas. So, uh, you know, maybe it's just waiting to be picked. Buy some Krampus stuff. Yeah. Uh, see, there's evil there. So that's something we, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, uh, we're happy with the way the, the cloud cover thing. We just didn't want to, you know, put out another one right away and, you know, be known as the covers band. So we wanted to put out yeah. a couple of other records out, but I'd love to do another one at some point. It was kind of a fun project and and there's a lot of tunes out there that can uh, can are, are worthy of, of some heaviness, you know, and there's definitely some songs out there that, um are great tunes and sometimes the lyrics and the words are <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah the song can benefit by having less words let's put it that way so yeah it's fine yeah I'm, I'm good to go james awesome i just got uh three questions left for you then the first one is uh what are some local bands in your area that people should be uh checking out that they may not have heard of there's a band that we played with once um at saint vitus called sonic taboo uh, they're three piece. I think they're also based in Brooklyn. They, they, I don't know if you know, there's a, a Weedian put out a, a new compilation of New York bands. Um, oh, got it that? like a week or two ago. Oh, he, okay. He's been done, done a bunch of those things from around the world. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. And then, so the New York one just came out. I think you can find them on Bandcamp, And I think there, uh, there's, there's a ton of music. It's like literally 20 or 30 bands. And um, so you can kind of get a sampling of it. I think they're a good three piece. They're, you know, pretty, pretty energetic and solid. Um, I don't know really how to describe them other than um, 
then then they, you may not have heard of them, but I think they're pretty good. A lot of the other bands, you know, like Geezer have been around for years and mm -hmm. they're they're friends of ours yeah. and, and they're King awesome. Buffalo's good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, those, you know, but as far as bands you may not have heard of, I, I would, I would throw Sonic Taboo in there. I think they're awesome. on Inter Interstellar Overdrive Records and uh, they're nice guys and they, uh, they create a noise. So I would check them out. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, th this is the ambush question I was holding off on, but uh, go for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island with a solar powered discman and three CDs, what would they be? Oh man. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, off the top of my head, I would probably have to say um, Exile on Main Street, Rolling Stones, Uskerdu, mm -hmm. Zen Arcade. And I guess I'm going to have to go sleep dope smoker. Okay. Awesome. Great selection. A good variety ask, there too. Ask me in five minutes. I'll give you three different ones, but those, those are the off the top of my head right now. That's, that's that, exactly that's, how it always is. That's that's the point because we just want to see what, what comes to mind with people with that question. So for me personally, that that's that I ask myself that question all the time, and it it's, it changes definitely changes. Mm. Those three records, uh, yeah. The, the guy who produced uh, Zen Arcade just died. Spot, um, and uh, I really yeah, I was I was a huge Husker fan, and uh, that, weirdly enough, yeah, that guy just died. And Exile on Main Street, I never get tired of listening to that record. And was the other one dope smoker too yeah that yeah <laughs> yeah i like that i like that record straight though yeah and then the last question is a super simple one but if people want to uh follow you and listen to your music what are the best places to do that we always send them to Bandcamp first because you can kind of sample stuff and check it out you know before for for buying um we're on spotify uh, i'm not a big spotify person we're on spotify uh but um, and I guess you could sample us there too, if that's, if that's your preference. Bandcamp, I think gives you a more, uh, complete picture of the records we've put out in what order, you know, so you can kind of like, you know, get the whole, whole catalog available, mm -hmm. kind of one quick area. Um, YouTube, we've got some videos, you know, I mean, you, you kind of get the idea and you can find our records too on YouTube as well too. the entire albums, you know, people put them out on their channels. So you can, you know, if you're more of a YouTube person, you can find full albums and, and listen to them to your heart's content for free. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, Facebook, we actually, weirdly enough, we tend to has a lot of information. Um, I know people gravitate towards Instagram and I love Instagram, but it seems like that's more picture oriented, but you can get a lot more information about what the, what's going on with the band <clears throat> and links as well too mm -hmm. on our Facebook page. Facebook is still a thing. Shockingly years <laughs> after they declared it dead, it's still not dead. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I actually work in social media marketing and I can tell you that, that all of those reports of Facebook dying, they're not true. It, it's still showing growth every year. Um, yeah. It, it may not be popular because of the stupid decisions they make with algorithms and advertising and all that stuff, but it's, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. It, weirdly it's, you know, it's, it's set up easier from a band point of view to, 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 to share things mm -hmm. like, you know, album reviews, you know, to get yeah. to other links for things, you know, that you're on it's, right. it's, you know, and, and visually, you know, it's, it's, it is a lot easier than Instagram for people. Twitter. I've never been a bit, we're on Twitter. Um, but I've never been a big fan of it. TikTok, we've been on, but, uh, you know, unless you're a person who really can create content, I'm baffled by that one yet. So, but right. 
Yeah, for for me personally, I actually like for our website just kind of discovered how amazing like Tumblr is. Um, oh right, 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 right. Like the the way that they've set up Tumblr now with actual functionality, the posts are incredible. Like you can you have a head, you can do like a heading, uh, then you can do a picture, then you can embed uh, a player, like as many players as you want. So you can you can like embed any link. So you can do like a, a YouTube video, you can do the Spotify player, you can do a Bandcamp player like anything that you want and and then you can also do like a link and it, it lets you stack all the embeds one above the other so like if you're like a, a band and you're putting out an album or something or promoting your album you can you can do like links to all the different ways people can listen to it in one post which is awesome you can't do that anywhere else oh, i you know i have not heard that i'm gonna have to check that out that's awesome thank you uh, yeah the- I'm always looking for like new platforms to like, you know, but yeah, I mean, I've Tumblr has been around for years, but it, it yeah, I don't think it even occurred to me that that should maybe be a destination place. Same, same with me for our site. So I, I only set us up on there. Like, I think it was like three or four weeks ago. And I'm like, man, I shouldn't be doing this for so long ago. I, I had no idea it had like this much functionality. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I wish other sites did that. All right. As soon as we're done, I'm, I'm heading to Tumblr just to check out Tumblr. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my space. My space is done. I'm out of there. I'm moving on. To <laughs> the only thing I will say about it is I don't, I don't like the way that their feed operates. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like actually like scrolling through content is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. But to actually like post stuff, it's the best that I've seen so far. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll check it out. You know, when this, in this day and age, you know, if you're not active on social media, you know, it's, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine a band not being active on social media. If you want to get right. music. It just seems so, um, so necessary Someone, uh, and so easy too. I mean, you know, it's not that hard to be actively engaged on social media, you know, but you would think so. Like, uh, the number of bands that, uh, we get like promo material for, but they don't have any socials. It's, uh, it's kind of shocking mm-hmm. and it's, it's sad to say it, but it definitely affects like from a, from a reviewer's perspective and a website perspective, it does sort of make you prioritize them slightly less. so if you have two albums that you like equally and you want to review one or the other because you don't have time for both if one band has like a social presence and you can actually tag them so they can see the review and you can make sure that they read it and share it you're kind of going to lean that way if they are like on equal footing so uh, yeah bands need to kind of realize that a little bit well i mean I'm a, I'm a fan first and it's like you know i hear about a band i'm going to start checking stuff out and i, I don't need to necessarily see that they've got a hundred thousand followers, but I want to be able to find stuff, you know, and I want all going to go to a couple of basic social media spots just to check out their music, you know, right, exactly. Yeah. With old man, you know, why are you making it hard for me? You know? Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't have to play detective to find out like where the band's from or who's in the band or like right. uh, be able to see when they're putting albums out and stuff. But anyway, th- uh, I've kept you here long enough. So thank thank you so much for coming on the, uh, the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, if you guys put out another album or a couple albums we'd love to have you back on to talk again oh absolutely thank you for having me man this is a lot of fun you know i like having some time to pontificate on <laughs> on a bunch of different things but really appreciate you guys and uh yeah we'd love to uh, you know i'd love to do it again we'd love to do it again for sure man awesome well thank you to everyone listening at home and uh tune in next week for another guest <laughs> <laughs>